promotional consideration for Growing Greater Philadelphia provided by the General Building Contractors Association. This is the Growing Greater Philadelphia podcast, bringing you more of the interviews and stories from the Growing Greater Philadelphia radio program. Now, here is Matt Cabry. Hey, everybody. Welcome into the next exciting edition of Growing Greater Philadelphia. Our next guest is a very special leader, not only in business, but in our community. He wakes up every morning with a focus on think we, not just me. And it's Ed Satel. Ed, welcome to Growing Greater Philadelphia. Matt, it's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for taking time out to join us. And I know you're passionate about helping others. And I really want to dive into this topic with you. And I want to start off with, uh, with a question that many folks may not necessarily know or appreciate, but there's an organization called the Chronicle of Philanthropy. And in their recent report, Philadelphia actually had a specific ranking. Share with us more about that ranking, what it means, and why do you think CEOs should care so much about that specific ranking of Philadelphia in a recent edition of Chronicle of Philanthropy? Well, the ranking was very low in philanthropy. Okay. And how can it be that a city like Philadelphia, such a successful city, with so many shovels in the ground, building so many buildings, how could it be that they're ranked among the poorest cities in the United States for poverty? That's a great question. It doesn't really compute, right? It doesn't compute. How could it be that the school system is having such problems in developing young people and that people actually take their kids out of the city schools because they don't think they're servicing them well enough? How can that be? Right. Business has got a self-interest in making these things better. Business has a self-interest in having less poverty and more people the ability to go ahead and function. Their business has it's in their self-interest to go ahead and have students uh, do well in school so they become part of the labor market. There's a war for talent right now. Right. And schools that don't produce educated kids does not help the war for talent. Totally. And I have to interject and say that talent actually starts not necessarily in college. It actually is starting in the elementary school years with STEM education and how it's evolving to prepare people for a variety of jobs and careers in addition to to going to great colleges as well. Absolutely. I know that's a a passion for you, that space of education and, and how you're working to help people in that area especially when it comes to corporate social responsibility. And I want to dive in a little bit more to this topic because I know it's important to you for business leaders, civic leaders, academic leaders. How can corporate social responsibility really benefit the city of Philadelphia? Well, remember, business is the dominant industry in town. Right. And how can business do better if they've got poverty and they don't have talent? It's Mm. in their self-interest to go ahead and have less poverty and more talent come into the area. The way we measure the success of a city are more people of talent moving in or are more people of talent moving out. Right. If more people of talent are moving in, we're going to have an aspirational city. We're going to have more things happening, and all elements of the city will do better. Right. If we have more people of talent moving out, you're going to have a city that's in more of a depression, less things happening, and less attractive to people of talent. Right. And I know this is an area that is kind of special for greater Philadelphia right now, and especially for the city, that millennials are moving here at a higher rate than other major cities around the the country. Why do you think that is? Well, first of all, that's a wonderful situation. Yeah. That young people, millennials, are choosing this city over others, and we've become 
probably the number one city in the country attracting millennials. That's right. And if you ask them, why are they here? What makes them come to Philadelphia? And they say, because there's so much to do. Right. Well, they're finding so much to do from the nonprofits, whether it's Little League activity, whether it's Boy Scouts, whether it's Girl Scouts, whether it's sports, whether it's theater, whether it's plays, that there's so much to do that in their times and that is what they look forward to. Yeah, for sure. For themselves so, and their children. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So, folks, it's think we, not just me. That's what gets our guest up every morning, and our guest is Ed Sattel. And, Ed, we've talked a little bit about um, how corporate social responsibility, CSR, can benefit communities like the city of Philadelphia and, and others as well in the greater Philadelphia region and, frankly, around the country and around the world. But how does CSR also benefit companies? Well, companies, the biggest beneficiaries of corporate social responsibility. Hmm. If you have more people of talent moving in, that's good for companies. If you have more people of success moving in, that's good for companies. If you make the city more attractive to people, that's good for business. On the other hand, if cities are less attractive, not attractive for their children, they'll have fewer people, and that's not good for business. Right. And I take that a step further. I know that employees want to get involved. They're looking for engagement in their community, and they often do it through their company. And they want their company to create this infrastructure, this environment that makes it easy for them to volunteer and benefit the community overall based on their company's engagement. Well, that's a great point. There are a few things to talk about on that. First of all, for young people, greed is out, and living in good communities that are responsible communities is in. And people want to work for companies that care about the communities. After all, it's their children. It's their grandchildren. Right. And they want to know that businesses support these kinds of activities and help make it a better civity. And it's a round world. It helps companies. It helps people. And uh, that's what makes a better city. Absolutely. And Ed, I know you're passionate about this, so passionate that you've created an institute called the Sattel Institute. Tell us about that Endeavor And what's the mission of the Sattel Institute? Well, the mission is corporate social responsibility and has two parts. Mm-hmm. We have a think tank, and that is a research activity to go ahead and how do you make cities better? How do you make corporate social responsibility better? How do you do better for all your citizens? And we have scholars from around the world who participate in this. And we have founding University of Phillips with the University of Pennsylvania and the University of Connecticut. Oh. And this was of academic interest to them. They wanted to participate in this, and they saw us as a unique contributor to this. The second part is a do tank. And the do tank is one that companies agree to go ahead and support a nonprofit of their choice with a minimum of 25000 a year for four years. Hmm. In order to be a member of ours, companies must contribute to the community. And they choose which nonprofit they want to contribute to. And we get the rainbow effect with lots of companies. They all choose different ones. Gotcha. And you bring them together. We bring them together with the nonprofit so the two of them work hand in hand because nonprofits represent the quality of life, where business represents the quantity of life. Business produces the jobs, they produce the wealth. But nonprofits are problem solvers. They represent it's the Girl Scouts, the Boy Scouts. How do you develop young people? They may want to go on to, to Little League. Right. They may have dyslexia problems. There's a mission. There's a nonprofit mission for everything. Right. And the most important nonprofit of them all is the one your family needs. Right. The one your family 
it gets the benefit of. Sure. And these are important. That's a great way to look at it because it's what is most close to that community, to that family that means the most, that's making a difference in their lives that they bring a passion to. Yes, and most families, if you have three children or four children or two children, if you ask them, are your two kids the same? They'll say, oh, my gosh, they're very different. And what that means is they have different needs. Mm -hmm. And we are a nonpartisan, nonprofit organization who fosters the greater good. Right. And that's the focus. It's the greater good. And I really appreciate that. And we define the greater good as, as making the communities better and the the judgment of that is made by people deciding to move into the community or moving out of the community. Right. We're not into control. We're into achievement. Right. That's a good way to put it. And I will come back and say I really appreciated the nuance that you referenced that there are two parts of the Satel Institute, a think tank and a do tank. That's a really compelling way to position your mission. Well, I think that's right, and we're unique in that way. Right. There are think tanks in the world, but they're not doers, they're thinkers. That's right. And there are doers in the world, but they're not so much thinkers. Yeah. We have two areas of this, and we work with them both together, bringing the top scholars and the top pragmatists Mm -hmm. uh, to their thinking to issues. And we also go ahead and do the doers. That is, the companies contributing, and they must contribute a minimum of $25,000 a year Mm -hmm. for four years to a nonprofit to give them stability. Now, we have many companies that do this for two nonprofits, three nonprofits, four nonprofits. Right. And when they do that, 100% of the money goes to the nonprofit. We don't charge any fees, and we don't charge any dues. Right. Our expenses are paid for our endowment. We have an endowment to go ahead and uh, handle our costs, and we take care of that. And that allows companies to become members without charge, get the benefits of the think tank, the benefits of the do tank, and part of the benefits of the do tank, bring together CEOs so they can have idea exchange, how they do it better, how to be more effective in what you're doing. And CEOs like to engage with other CEOs because they think that's a great learning opportunity. Absolutely, a sharing of best practices. That's really key. You've got it, Matt. Yeah. So as we were talking about, Ed, you know, there's the think tank and the do tank. There's something to be said for thinking about new ideas and coming up with kind of plans and theories and, and crafting a, an approach. But it's a whole nother ball game with the do tank. And for folks to actually step up and make something happen is a really distinguishing characteristic of the Institute. And I'd love if you could to dive in a little bit to some of the member companies in and around the greater Philadelphia region that are embracing this opportunity to be part of the Satel Institute and become doers. Well, thanks, Matt. Yes, companies are embracing it. And it started slow, but now more and more companies and more and more of the bigger companies are going ahead and embracing it. Philadelphia has historically been a city of think me, not we. Right. They do chest pounding about it. But when you have we instead of me, you can do much more together and accomplish much more together than you can by yourself. So even Influence Bank of America, they've become a member. Citizens Bank, they've become a member. Right. Comcast, they've become a member. UGI, they've become a member. J.P. Morgan, they've become a member. Pico, they've become a member. Large companies, mid-sized companies, 
all coming together to share ideas and how can we make this community a better one for the greater good. Yeah, you've really um, tapped into something that clearly business leaders, academic leaders, civic leaders are seeing the value in coming together under the Sattel Institute umbrella to, to be part of this. Yes, they're um, saying it is in their self-interest Yeah, right. to do so. This is how they're better off to have an aspirational city. Right. They're better off to have companies working together for the greater good. And because we take no fees, because right. we have no dues, and we have our own endowment, they're going ahead and feeling it's a safe place to come right. to accomplish the things that they want to do. And then they're encouraging their friends, their other companies, to do the same thing. And they're gathering the steam right. to go ahead and think about the greater good. The fact that a company's investment goes directly to the nonprofit of their choice is a really distinguishing characteristic. You're not taking, you know, an administrative fee off the top, and that that really allows the Sattel Institute to stand out from others. Are there other distinguishing characteristics that well, come yeah, to mind? Yes, there are. But you've tapped into one that is. Yep. That 100% of the money goes to the cause, goes to the nonprofit of their choice. Right. Another distinguishing characteristic is the think tank. Right. That they're not only having do-gooders, but they're having great thought leadership yeah. around this and thought exchange. The third thing is the four-year commitment. Yeah. Giving money to a nonprofit for one year is a nice idea, but can actually hurt them mm. because they get the money one year and they start a program, they don't have the funding for the next year. Right. Businesses can't get new customers every year. Right. They've got to have some continuity. Right. So we've insisted on that each company, when they do this, must make four-year contributions. So when the program gets started, they'll have some continuity and be able to continue with that. That has been a great boom because so often the nonprofit CEOs stay up at night wondering if the companies are going to renew. Right. And now they have four-year commitments. It all works for the greater good. It makes such great sense, Ed, and you know this from your successful career in business, that it's about relationships. And to have a relationship that goes beyond just this one-and-done kind of investment isn't as helpful as one that you can deepen the connection and really build a strategy around. Over well, a you've hit period. on another distinguishing factor of us, and that is we are a CEO organization. Hmm. Because the CEOs are the one person in the company that can make these decisions. Right. So they not only make these decisions to do it, but they get to know the CEO of the nonprofit. And they learn to work together and work together so everybody's self-interest is reached, all for the greater good. So, folks, we're talking with Ed Sattel. He is the visionary that created the Sattel Institute, and it's a really unique initiative that's focused on corporate social responsibility in the greater Philadelphia region. And, Ed, I wanted to dive into a recent conference that the Sattel Institute hosted where more than 50 CEOs from the region attended. Tell us a little bit more about that conference and how the CEOs reacted when they were there. Well, Remember, we're oriented as a CEO organization because if you want to get things done, the CEOs have to participate in it and have to bless it. Yeah. So this is a private conference for CEOs to come, and they would invite other CEOs. And bringing them together, the talk about these things together, inspired them, inspired them to join, inspired them to do this activity, gave them a greater depth. Instead of looking at it superficially, they were able to look at it in great depth. We're now having another CEO conference uh, in two weeks, and over double the number is coming. And it's a who's who list of, of companies in Philadelphia. The very best are coming. And one of the things that happens when the CEOs get there, they say, my goodness, look at the others who are here. Yeah. This is terrific. Yeah. And they now 
one supports the other, and, and it, it is a coming together that makes more happen. And it creates that inspired energy that you're looking for. Well, that's right. Inspired energy is a good thing. Yeah, absolutely. So, Ed, you are inspiring, and, and I'd love for you to share with us a little bit more about how you got to this place, not just as a successful business owner, but there's clearly a, a way of thinking that you have unpacked and embraced that is I think unique, or at the very least, others may have thought about it, but you're actually putting it into action by creating this uh, this Satal Institute as you evolve your career. And if you're comfortable sharing with us, you know, you are really at your heart a successful entrepreneur, and you've had great success in business, and and now you're looking to transform and give back by inspiring others to get involved in corporate social responsibility. But share with us how you started your career. Well, there's two answers to the question you've asked, and they're good questions. First of all, I have a large sense of gratitude mm-hmm. for being born in the USA. I have a large sense of gratitude for the freedom that we've had here, and a large sense of gratitude for the opportunity to go ahead. And I was a poor boy. Yeah, uh, I wasn't necessarily first in my class, but to go ahead and use my skills and use my abilities, use my thoughts to serve other people. You cannot go ahead and be successful in business if you don't serve other people. Right. Everybody has a choice of where to go ahead and give their business and what to do. And so you have to earn the business. And as you earn the business, it becomes a bigger community of an opportunity to earn more business. If you become a more successful community, you have an opportunity to become more successful. That's in our self-interest. Right. Combine that self-interest that we need communities to be successful. All wealth comes from the community. right? So it's in our interest to have a better community. Combine that with the freedoms that we've been given in the United States, the blessings of liberty, and the understanding that we all stand on the shoulders of those who came before us. And that's a sense of gratitude, to go ahead and take but not give. You know there's a difference between farmers and miners. Right. Miners are people that take things out of the ground Mm -hmm. and they don't put anything back. Right. Farmers are people that put things in the ground and take things out of the ground and keep the ground going. And what most people would like to have is a legacy that they left the world a better place than they found it. Right. Thinking we rather than thinking me is a much better thing for not only yourself, for your children, for your grandchildren, for your community, it's better for everybody. Yeah, for sure. No arguing that. Absolutely. And I love the analogy of the miner and the farmer because that farmer is really living every day in a virtuous circle of planting and cultivating and planting and cultivating, and it benefits everybody. So it's a really great analogy. I want to shift gears slightly, and if you don't mind, I know you were born and raised in Springfield, Massachusetts, and you came to Greater Philadelphia back in the mid to late 1950s, if you don't mind me sharing that with folks. Absolutely. So you have actually a really good comparison of how Greater Philadelphia, the city, the surrounding communities in southern New Jersey, and northern Delaware and southeastern Pennsylvania have evolved and really grown over time. And, you know, you referenced something a moment ago that I want to tap into, and that is this spirit of collaboration, of working as we and not me. And I have to say, I feel like that is really catching on in greater Philadelphia. There is this spirit of collaboration where people want to work together to advance a particular topic or project to the next level. And have you seen that in your time? And if you could talk with us a little bit more about how 
Philadelphia and the region have evolved during your career, I know we can learn from that. Well, it's called enlightened self-interest. And by collaborating, doing things together, we can do much more than we can do them separately. We live in a competitive society. Competition's a good thing, but it's a good thing to help make us better. And no one can live by themselves. We all need to go ahead and have other businesses, other people, other successes to make a great city. Mm -hmm. No one company, no one person can make a great city. We can assist, we can help. But greatness comes from the collaboration. Who made America great? Was it one person? This is a city that has the had the founding fathers that did an awful lot for the city. Much of what happened in America took place here. And it was the collective we, not just me. That's right. That was the foundation. And it, the foundation, our early founding fathers, the, what they sought was utopia. But once they got into it and we won the war, they found utopia was not a good thing. What they needed was people working their own self-interest. Mm-hmm. And they had competitive ideas. And you work for that in a collaborative way, in a spirited public way understanding that we all stand on the shoulders of those that came before us, and if we want to have a great community, we need each other to go ahead and have it. Folks, we're talking with Ed Sattel. He's a successful entrepreneur and uh, the visionary that has created the Sattel Institute that's focused really on encouraging folks to embrace Think we, not me. And what better place to do it than in greater Philadelphia? To your point, Ed, this is where our country was founded. This is where people have come together to collaborate and work together and innovate and transform not just the democracy of our country, but business and industry and academics and life sciences. And this is my way of shifting slightly to ask, what do you love about greater Philadelphia, having spent the majority, if not all of your adult career here? Well, Philadelphia is a very lovable city. Yeah. And Philadelphia is a great model for how great a city can be. 25 or 35 or 40 years ago, this was less than a great city. Mm -hmm. But what's happened that's changed the city? See, young people want to be here. That we've got shovels in the ground building buildings. That great things are happening in Philadelphia. That so many great museums, so many great plays, so many great nonprofits, so many great businesses are growing up here and happening here. What happened? And that is that the nonprofits hmm. added so much to the quality of life. We've got a theater here that has the largest subscription audience in the world mm-hmm. here. We've got great nonprofits here that meet any kind of need that a person has. Now, one nonprofit won't do it all. One nonprofit has its own needs, but the collective force of them adds to the quality of the city. What do we want when we say quality of the city? Well, we want our kids to grow up in a wholesome and a great atmosphere with education, values, and opportunities. That happens here, and the backbone of this, this city is its nonprofits. You know, some cities have great governments. Right. And I don't know that we've been blessed in Philadelphia with the great governments compared to some other cities. Some of the cities are home office cities mm-hmm. where we have giants who go ahead and make great contributions to the city. And I don't know that we're a home office city. So how is it that we have risen above the pact? How is it that this city has become so much more attractive? Why is it that people are moving from other cities to here to stay here? Why is it that young people are coming here? And it's because... The nonprofits add so much more to the quality of life. Yes, we want the quantity of life, that is earning incomes and that is having jobs, but we also want the quality of life. That is those things which enrich us. And we all get enriched in different ways. 
but we can have the opportunities for those choices to go ahead and make things happen the way we would like it to happen. Philadelphia is perhaps the greatest example of that in the United States. So the impact and the quality of nonprofits clearly is for you a milestone that distinguishes Greater Philadelphia from other communities. And we select Greater Philadelphia, Ed, and and I know you know this, but I'll share it for the sake of our listeners that um, we're focused on business attraction and job attraction and businesses that are creating new jobs in the 11 county neighborhood of Greater Philadelphia. When you're talking with other business leaders, your peers around the country, and members of the Satel Institute who call this region home, and they're doing business around the world as well, what do you tell a business leader about why Greater Philadelphia is such a great place to establish and grow a company the way you did over a 50-plus year career? Well, first, you can't have a great city without, without great business. Business is the one that creates the jobs. Mm-hmm. Without job creation, you're going to be a second-class area. For sure. Business is the one that creates the wealth. Without wealth, you cannot build schools. You cannot build hospitals. You cannot build roads. You need to have that in order to have a successful city. What people want and what businesses want is to go ahead and have an educated community so they can have better employees. What they want to have is a lifestyle within the community that people can find attractive. And different people find different things attractive. So we need many different things that make a great city. And we need people working together rather than against each other. And Philadelphia, one of its great needs is to have much more collaboration among businesses, working together for the greater good, not just chest pounding and said, look at me, yeah. but willing to come together as we, not me. Right. And I think we've helped make it possible by having no dues, by charging no fees, right. and working together with a think tank to bring all of it together. And we are a member-led organization. As the organizations become members of ours, they become part of us, and they start to give leadership to the things that we're doing. And as you have that constant supply of leadership and people thinking together, you create another America. That is America that is based on people thinking and growing for the greater good and working together, using diverse talents and diverse skills, which we need all of them to make a great community. So, folks, we're talking with Ed Sattel of the Sattel Institute, really transforming how companies and communities work together in a collaborative way to bring about positive change, to to do what you just articulated, Ed, which is the, the think we and not me. And I want to go back, if we could. If I could just say. Yeah, please. We're, we're the messenger. All right. We're not all the doer. We're I the understand. messenger. We're allowing these things to happen. We're yeah. tapping into the greater good of people. And they're being responsive. Right. They're being, and because they're being responsive, they're making it all better. And I'm glad you mentioned that because I totally agree with you. And I, I understand where you're going with the fact that you're convening folks. You're bringing them together. You're helping them to make it happen and being the messenger of it, to your point. Take us back to how did you come up with this idea? Is this something you've always kind of embraced throughout your life? And, and now you're at a point where you're putting it into motion? Or did you have one of these moments of, ah, this is what I want to do next? Well, no, it's been part of my business philosophy as time grew. When we were young and rather new in the publishing world, Mm -hmm. I thought we needed to go ahead and attract great people, great writers, great publishers. I was not a great writer. I owned the company. I was the entrepreneur. I was a visionary for this publishing company. We had a lot of success. But I needed to go ahead and have great people join us. Mm. And I needed to have people move from other cities, from New York, from Atlanta, from Washington, from other cities. 
And I asked myself, why would they come here? Right. Why would they leave there? And I realized that the attraction of a city has to deal with things that help their families, help their children, make it a, a quality of life kind of situation. So I joined the boards of nonprofits. I began to support them. And I did it in, over time, I did it in a major way. Mm. And I did it in a very quiet way that gone ahead that ended up with 37 projects with 22 different institutions. Okay. And became very close with many of the people in the nonprofit community. I began to appreciate how terrific they were and what great contributions they made. Right. And when I came time to think about retiring, I flunked retiring. Right. And I decided to go ahead and use my energies to go ahead and to build on this concept of the greater good of the nonprofits. So the benefits of business, the benefits of the community can belong to everyone. And we do need to improve the school systems. We do need to improve the quality of life. We do need opportunities. And it's nonprofits that lead the way for all those things happening. Ed, on behalf of uh, our colleagues across the greater Philadelphia region, you know, there's 6.3 million people that call southeastern Pennsylvania, southern New Jersey, and northern Delaware home. I'm really glad you flunked retirement because without your vision for wanting to be the messenger and be the catalyst and be the convener that's bringing people together, we wouldn't be having this conversation in celebrating that spirit of think we, not me. Thank you. I appreciate that. But I want you to know I've been lucky to end up in the greater Philadelphia area, which has so much diversity, so many positive things historically, good business climate, and opportunity to go ahead and to function and to do these things. It couldn't have happened in a non-fertile place. Yeah, right. I will say you think you're lucky, but we're actually the lucky ones on this end of the greater Philadelphia community. The fact that your path in life ultimately landed you in our neighborhood is a real benefit to us. So thank you for being part of greater Philadelphia and calling greater Philadelphia home. Well, thank you. It's been a pleasure to be here. Yeah. It has enriched me to go ahead and get the benefits that Philadelphia has to offer. Absolutely. So, folks, we've been talking with Ed Sattel of the Sattel Institute, and he's the visionary behind this coming together of a very unique initiative that's really empowering and providing a channel for businesses to get involved in their communities through corporate social responsibility and making a real difference, not only in the lives of nonprofits that are serving our community, but in our community collectively. And I know there's a a website that we want to provide to folks in case they want to get in touch with you. Ed, how would you best recommend folks uh, connect with you and the team at the Sattel Institute? Well, the website is made available to all of our members, Mm -hmm. and the public can go ahead and look at that material and be exposed to that material if they'd like. And and, and inspired by it. (laughs) And our website address is www.sattellinstitute.org. Excellent. Thank you so much for joining us. And Ed, I have to say again, your story, not only of business and entrepreneurship, but of your vision to want to help others is really inspiring. And I'm so appreciative that you've taken time out to share your story with us here on Growing Greater Philadelphia. Thank you. Growing Greater Philadelphia is supported in part by many of our investors and partners, including Liberty Property Trust, 
They're a proud investor of Select Greater Philadelphia. Liberty Property Trust has been creating environments that have been helping businesses realize their full potential for nearly 50 years. To learn more about the Philadelphia Navy Yard and other Liberty Properties, visit libertyproperty.com. And by Drexel University. Drexel was founded in 1891. They're one of the region's top 10 private employers with three campuses in Philadelphia. Learn more about Drexel University at drexel.edu. Check out all of our podcasts on radio.com and tune in Friday mornings, 5 a.m. on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Hey, thanks so much for listening to Growing Greater Philadelphia. Philadelphia.